touching. We're good. Yeah. Are we rolling? Yeah. Richard, tell us about the Chris Roberts games you've played and about being a Chris Roberts fan. Uh, I played the first one I played was Wing Commander 2 back in that about 1992, back when it came out. I have been a Chris Roberts fan ever since my dad brought home a copy of Star Lancer, and uh, I found the copy, and well, he had to take it away from me eventually. What do you think about Chris Roberts bringing back PC gaming? I think it's fantastic. I mean, uh, for a PC gamer, this is at, at the very least a renaissance for us, and you know, seeing Chris Roberts come back from the movie industry is like, you know. This is going to get better and better and better for us. Okay, we have five minutes and counting till Chris Roberts' announcement. And uh, are we all excited here? We've all got our golden tickets. Yeah! yeah. Please welcome to the stage Chris Roberts. Good morning, everyone. So I'm going to build a universe. I'm going to do a PC game like the old Winkman as I did, which was if you've got a great PC, this is really going to show it off. You're not going to be able to get this experience anywhere else. I'm hoping that a lot of you want to be in this universe, because I do, and I want to play this game. So I'm going to jump into the game now. questions the maneuvering thrusters can they be intentionally disabled to do like some of the star Starbucks style maneuvers there will be lots of moves and strategies in terms of how you dogfight I got you, Montoya. Thank you so much. Welcome to Soul Citizens. Awesome. Fast Cart, tell us a little bit about you. Awesome. Fast Cart, tell us a little bit about you. Hi, I'm Fast Cart, also known as FC, a member of Test Squadron. And um, I'm moderator for different um, other streamers. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm on the base radio, sometimes I'm on the Astro Pub, um, Captain Table. And I'm also have a set on Miss Hart's 80s show on Tuesday on the base radio. And I've been a member, I've been playing Star Citizen or back Star Citizen back in 2014 after this after Citizen Con. Awesome. Next to you, Gigi, tell us a little bit about you. Awesome. Next to you, Gigi, tell us a little bit about you. Um, hi, I'm Gigi. <clears throat> I got into Star Citizen about, I want to say, a year ago. Um, so I'm pretty new to the game, but I do love, love it right as of right now. It's very fun. Um, I'm a cook by trade and, you know, just a green-eyed gal living the life. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And last but not least, Tenth Sigma. Last but not uh, least, Tenth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm Ten Sigma. Um, I backed the project um, in November of 2014, so probably near uh, the anniversary sale, uh, if I think that I remember that correctly. 
Um, I am a unashamed origin ship uh, lover, um, and uh, I really love the project as well. Uh, I'm an accountant by trade, and um, so I'm very interested in the accounting app coming out soon, TM. But uh, I love the project and love meeting people in the community. So it's been a lot of fun. That is awesome. Well, we're not going to waste a lot of time. You guys saw we opened up with the uh, teaser trailer. Uh, hey, Funky Monkey, uh, thanks for following. Uh, we opened up with the teaser trailer showing uh, back in the day when there were just a few people uh, who knew about Star Citizen and, uh, man, envious of those people who had golden tickets. Do you guys remember what golden tickets were? That's a throwback. No. Fastcart no. might remember what the golden ticket was. I didn't get one. I don't, I remember. You didn't get one. Oh wow! I didn't. I didn't talk about me. Yeah, I got into Star Citizen as an Eve player. Um, I was a Star Wars Galaxies player. Then I went to Eve because there was nothing else out there. And then a friend of mine, uh, Sinistry, you know who you are. Uh, Sinistry was the one who told me about Star Citizen. Actually, I should blame her because I'm, I'm a lot less money in my pocket because of her. But anyway, um, I ended up uh, getting into Star Citizen. I think I watched it a little bit at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013. And by late 2013, I think I was at that point signing up and jumping in. So I guess maybe I'm the oldest person in it. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. Fastcard, have you been in longer than me or am I longer than you? I'm 2014. Okay, so I got you beat by a few months then maybe. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. October 2014. Okay, so the two old guys are really the two old guys basically is what it comes down to. All right, cool. All right, so anyway, we're not going to waste time because this video is about an hour long. For those of you who've never seen it, uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, and we're going to jump right into GDC. It is amazing to see how much the graphics have changed yeah. since that time.
What do you think, Tim? Three ships against uh, that ship? What do you think? Even ship? Even odds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're gonna need more than that. They're gonna need <laughs> way more than that. Holy <laughs> smokes. Yeah, for those of you who are familiar with Chris's Wing Commander, you can see a lot of imagery from the Wing Commander games uh, reflected here a couple decades later. He's still obviously influenced by Star Wars and uh, bits of Wing Commander still here. Like in any movie or any like video, whenever you see people like gear up like that, it's always like really hype. So yeah, I, it really it's is. It's one of the cool, cool things. I did like the way the um the panels came out. Yeah, like like this right here. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, but look at how rudimentary everything is. You know, the details <laughs> not there. You know, yeah. they're just panels, yeah. and that's it. Now that bingo carrier looks good no matter what though. Chat might might need to help me out on this one, or a colleague too. The, these are sites that are sailing the Bengal right now. Yeah, I think so. funny is that people probably didn't think this was all in-game engine you know they probably figured it was just a cinematic back then Pretty proud of it Chris Roberts with no gray hair in the game yeah, or very little and probably a few less pounds now that I'm thinking about it oh yeah a GTX 670 guys um, 
Can that you was so. Me? We're jump that into was so amazing when I heard that. The game engine uh, a little later on, and I'm going to sort of show you some stuff in it and uh, show you some stuff that I think is pretty cool. It wasn't even on a 970. Uh, but, uh, oh my god. Before then, I thought I would uh, have a little conversation with you and tell you uh, why I'm coming back. Kind of why I, I uh, uh, took a little bit of a break, and uh, I'll sort of tell you the big picture of the game that um, you know, this past year. <laughs> Can you guys see Montoya's comment down there? Production and prototyping, which is what you see here, and 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 sort of tell you about kind of what I'm planning to build, and hopefully invite you guys to be part of that process going forward. So let me get my super handy clicker here to move this on. So you know, I think you guys know that. Uh, when I sold Digital Anvil to Microsoft back in uh, the end, uh, the very beginning of 2001. Sorry about the broken uh, link in there, guys. From the, uh, the game I put it there. Thanks, buddy. It was, uh, there was several reasons, but uh, one of the big ones was that I was sort of frustrated with the technology of being able to realize sort of the picture of the vision I had in my head. Uh, and then also there was the ever-increasing development cycle. So, uh, you know, most of the Wink Manners I made were I built in about a year or 18 months. Uh, but uh, freelancer, we were sort of four years into production, and uh, you know, I <laughs> Microsoft bought the company, and it was still another two years before it came out. So, sort of six years between releasing and uh, people getting to uh, play the game that you've been working on, sort of was feeling too long, and uh, I was fairly frustrated with that. Kind of reminds me of James Cameron when he said he wanted to make Avatar, but he waited because the technology wasn't there to do it. And Battle Angel Alita too. Yeah. I sort of felt like I wanted to take a break, but it didn't mean that I didn't love games. And actually, the interesting thing is I probably got to play a lot more games when I stopped making them because I had small spare time. So I, you know, I've always been playing games. I've always had the. You know the the newest PC with the newest graphics card and the con you know whatever the new console is, uh, and uh, you know a couple of years ago was sort of the first time that I was playing games and feeling like you know I actually have something to say again and I'd like to come back and and and, and make a game and I sort of felt uh, playing it on a couple of things one I sort of felt like the technology had moved forward to a point and also I could see where it was going to go that uh, you could do stuff in terms of the, the visual fidelity that would just increase the immersion. And so for me, you know, all the games I've ever built are always about creating a world. Two bug words in one sentence. Texture. And, and to do that, you have to sort of realize <laughs> it with a, a fair amount of detail. And, and uh, I think, you know, in today, especially if you're focusing on a high-end PC, which I'm doing, um, you, can, you can sort of do that to a level that just sort of sucks you into the world. And I think you know, that's actually one of the things when I was doing films, I sort of, you know, you sort of learn is that the, there's a huge attention to detail, right? So even a, a film set in today's world, you know, half the time you think those were shot in lo real locations, but usually they were actually sets that were built and they have a whole art department and they've got people that, you know, figuring out how to put the little scratches, the ticks, you know, uh, you know, little uh, rivets on the walls and everything just down to the finest detail. So when you watch it, you think it's real and you get sucked into it. And I think that's Something that uh, in you know in it, when you're building a world or a game, the more of that you have into it, I think it helps. I, mean, I, I definitely you know one of the games that I liked a lot um, a few years ago was uh, you know Uncharted 2, and I think they you know they did a great job. It wasn't so much that the gameplay itself was wholly original because it's you know, sort of an evolution of Tomb Raider and, and a third, uh, cover shooter, but the texture of it, the world. <laughs> and the detail I was completely immersed in. I was, and so at that point I was lost and it was great. And so any, you know, the, the, the technology being able to let you do that now is sort of, I think, one of the big reasons. And the other uh, reason for me that I'm sort of excited to 
to come back and make games again is they sort of feel like with the shift to digital and the way that you can sort of be connected to your um, community of people that are playing the games that you make, uh, I think that's incredibly exciting. I mean, I think one of, you know, I was saying one of my frustrations in the old days was that you know, you'd work for many years on a game and then you would put it on a disc and then it would go on a box and it would go out to the store and then people would buy it and hopefully they liked it and then it would all be over for after a month and then you'd start it all over again and there'd be another two, three years before you would get to do that again. And, and that, uh, you know, if you're a creative person, that's kind of, kind of gets frustrating, especially the longer it gets. And I think in today's world, when you sort of can be connected and you can sort of uh, build a world that you know, maybe people are playing all hey, the time, the there's constant updates, that it's a totally different equation. And I think that you have much more instant feedback. And uh, I think from, a, from my standpoint, anyway, I think it's, uh, it's, it's incredibly exciting and uh, it's kind of fun. I mean, I don't know how many of the people in here went on the, the sort of early teaser site that we, that we put up about 30 days ago. But, you know, even on that site, we have been doing two to three content updates a day. Uh, you know, and it's kind of fun. You're sort of doing it live and you're seeing what people are saying when you put stuff up. And, uh, you know, I really sort of feel like that's something that is fun and will be great to uh, explore going forward. And so that was one of the, the sort of core uh, tenets of me saying, hey, I want to come back. I want to do something to that direction. So here we go. Press my little button. So what am I going to build? So I'm going to build uh, a universe and the, the sort of it's name of the universe though. or the... the, the the <laughs> community I'm talk, uh, talking about is going to be called Star Citizen. Hey, 2012. Star it didn't, didn't, it didn't have that. That's one of the man's well, okay. get it. You have to earn it so you can earn it. He was a one-man studio back then. <laughs> so the cinematic uh, teaser that we just showed is from the sort of military side of it. Um, or you could earn it by performing uh, missions that would increase your civic standing. Oh, you know what that means? Standing. He's its own just red one. You know, an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah, right. a lot of money <laughs> and buy your citizenship. And of course, in this universe, you don't necessarily have to be a citizen. In fact, if you are a pirate or sort of on the sort of grayer side of law and order, you may not want to be a citizen. But the idea is that there's sort of uh, something that you can attain and work to towards. And, and also, I like the idea of citizenship because I sort of feel like one of the things I want to do with this game is I want to say, hey, you know what? Yeah. There go to hands. PC games are cool. <laughs> space games are cool. I uh, was stuck It's kind of a community. And I, and I you definitely sitting on my hands, hands right now under, because uh, I talk with my uh, hands and I am sitting on that. <laughs> and I sort of feel like, so that I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I sort of want to pull Sorry about that. Talk about here, but yeah, he thought about the hand right off the bat. He did. sort of relationship, and people will be citizens of this universe. It'll be hopefully very cool. But the you know the base uh, gameplay in, in Star Citizen is it's it's going to be you know the style of game that I've built in the past, which is sort of space combat and adventuring um, in a persistent open universe. Uh, so the way I'm looking at it is I sort of want to make one holistic universe that encompasses uh, everything that was great about Privateer and Freelancer, but also what works with uh, that was great about Wing Commander. And so I want you to be able to sort of experience all those things. So it's sort of like you're in a universe that doesn't stop um, going forward and happening and is, is a sort of constantly live. Uh, but, you know, you want to play your single player, uh, you know, story campaign off on the side, you can absolutely do it. So sort of the idea is uh, in this universe, for instance, you can sign up for your military duty, which is one of the ways to earn citizenship. And that, in essence, is playing the single player 
story narrative campaign that's the Wing Commander experience, and that's the typical branching uh, mission uh, setup that you would have in Wing Commander, because of course, if you're in the military, you can't just sort of take off and fly off to another planet. It's like, you'd be going AWOL. Uh, so, but you, the idea is, is, is that particular uh, experience, we're calling Squadron 42, uh, which was sort of what that cinematic trailer was about. And uh, you know, the 42nd um, Squadron of the Imperial Navy in this universe is sort of a legendary fighting unit. It's very much like the uh, French Foreign Legion. In fact, they're always in the toughest areas, you know, trying to hold back the sort of alien uh, hordes that are threatening humanity, and they, you know, somehow manage to pull out in, you know, against all the odds. And and to actually be accepted into this squadron is a is a pretty huge deal, and sort of gives you a sort of certain level of uh, I don't know, status. It would be like being a Navy SEAL or something. So uh, the the uh, the goal of the of the, the the narrative campaign is that you fight the the battles very much in a sort of Wing Commander one, Wing Commander two narrative uh, branching style. And then if you manage to succeed at the end, you'll be invited into the squadron and then when you finish that you'll be able to muster out you'll have some credits in your pocket and you'll sort of have the status of being uh you know an ex-member of uh, the 42nd squadron and there's a sort of community of sort of ex-members in the universe and and uh you know then you go out and make your make your fortune in the universe and you know we may you know we'll do another story campaign in a little bit just much like the wing commander mission pack it's amazing how much it's written for change the past eight years um, and then so you have that which is sort of the wing commander <laughs> oh, yeah. experience and then you have sort of the privateer freelancer experience which is the typical you can fly around venture you know buy goods sell it trade be a merchant be a pirate be a mercenary it's sort of up to you uh, and you know obviously the goal in that is to sort of build up how many games were promising that in the day use capabilities uh, so you know, eventually there'll be some real estate that you'll be able to buy, but essentially that's hopefully going to be a, a, a real an estate. ongoing. Um, yeah, you didn't get your plot for fifty bucks or hundred bucks. Uh, adapting and so. I did. I passed that land beacon uh, sale, man. I'm waiting for it to come back. Squadron <laughs> forty-two. I think there are a lot of people that kind of regret that they didn't grab at least the small one. Um, so. One of, one of the keys, and there's I, plenty I of land. About it in, uh, you know, back when we were doing Freelancer, was that what I really uh, want I that penthouse sort of in uh, Microtech. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I talked about it uh, yeah. when we first announced the game in 1999, and unfortunately, I'll go for one in Terra. I'll wait. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Sort of that yeah, stage yeah. two, and uh, you know, it was released in 2003. I'm a modern and, girl. And, Give uh, me uh, all the skylights and floor ceiling windows and marble floors. I'm for it. Yes. Here's something interesting. Look at the features up top. He talked about private servers. Back then, they used to talk about private servers where it'd be available for players to set up their own servers for the game. But it's not the style of game that, you know, the first person sort of visceral wing commander, privateer, freelancer style. So that's really important. The other aspect of it is not just a sort of dynamic economy, but it's also to have a universe that sort of reacts to what's happening, uh, you know, what the player base is doing out there. So there's several ways that we're going to achieve it. Uh, one of the key ways is that we're going to do sort of micro content updates. So one of the core goals of this universe is not to have 
uh, a big sort of monolithic content update every one year or two years, uh, like you see in sort of some of the bigger MMOs. Bascart, you didn't watch Space 1999. I remember. I feel like a baby because I haven't seen almost anything being talked about in the chat. I stopped at Bastard Galactica, picked back up at the Expanse, and if you want to see some recent, start with the Expanse. I think I only watched like the first episode. Before that, I watched the 100, but that was their action. Or another way to think about it is if you think about the uh, TV model versus the film model. Um, so, you know, I think that the sort of open world uh, style of game is closer to a TV model than a, than a film model. And that, what I mean is, you know, if people, someone does a TV series, what they do is they write a Bible. And you haven't seen episodes, the rest of the expanse? Yeah, and you haven't seen Space 1999. It's a pipe now. <laughs> Mine was first. Mine was last. Touche. <laughs> shows a lot of times you'll see characters get killed off or some characters get bigger roles uh, and uh, that's that's kind of what you can do in TV that you say can't do in features because you're sort of live with what's happening and uh, I think that also can be very applicable to sort of an open world and a, and a, and a, a universe uh, that I'm trying to build and I think it could be really great and to give an example of say something else that would be connecting for the people playing this universe. So I mentioned that we would have a star system that would uh, would put in the galaxy. Well, uh, we wouldn't actually tell the player base that this we put a new jump point, a new star system in. And in fact, it would have to be up the player, a player that's playing it would have to discover it. So uh, it basically would be an uncharted jump point. And you know, if you've got certain equipment on your ship or you tend to be someone that wants to be more- Funky, if that happened, people um, would never go back to work. You, know, you would be flying near a star and you would <coughs> see that there would be this sort of gravitational yeah. anomaly. And you'd, you'd realize it's an uncharted jump point, and then you could choose to, to actually chart and fly the jump point, which isn't particularly, which is difficult. Like, uh, be like this is uh, good that he talks about this a, because people have had mixed ideas about uh, what it meant to go through a wormhole or a jump point, yeah. uh, and people didn't realize there are some jump points that have gates, and then there are other ones that are the random the side, points that open up that you have to dangerously navigate. And then you can sell it. At a, at a great profit back to one of the space corporations that would then just be able to sell it. See, to but that's the, the cool part, right? right? Where you, really you have cool the adventuring part where you find the wormhole, but then you also have the part, the, the economy part, um, where your system sell. tracks that, so you can sell yeah, it to corporations. And so there's this cool, that's what attracted me to the game was there's this business element to it, or economic element to it, where you could essentially, because I played Eve 2, Griff, and like I just sat in Jita most days and just transacted stuff there. And that was a lot of fun for me. So doing that for. Is important. Uh, is, Star I System think was the awesome. You know, yeah, the, the, I, the, these two uh, things built together. Really I love the skills, so I don't have to be in here. I can do, uh, here. I can do a two system to three system uh, already. Oh man, you were one of those. Uh, I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, ready yet. I wasn't ready. The single player offline. <laughs> single player. You don't have to be online for it. But if you do play it online, your friends can jump in and uh, and and essentially sort of be wingmen during missions. And I don't know if many people here. Have yeah, I had like a. I had a, five accounts. One was a marketeer, two miners, a couple of haulers. Single player slash multiplayer. 
and you know when you went to take out one of the bosses, uh, you know people could help you out and join you in, and they would get some bonus and points for it. But we'll definitely sort of have a really cool multiplayer on the on the sort of campaign narrative side, and then in the open world, uh, we're sort of focusing a lot on. Uh, you know how you and your friends uh, can fly together, and so you know, like an example would be, if you're flying from one planet to another planet and you get attacked along the way, you get you know sort of put out into you know what we call a battle instance, and in this battle instance, yeah, they still um, do pop a dock. Um, there is a drone room. Their drones aren't there yet. Uh, similar ships like the Vulcan and other ones use drones. So does the uh, uh, the Reclaimer. Uh, they haven't gotten that tech done yet, but there is a drone room on the Eric. Like, you know, if you ever play World of Tanks or Battlefield, you know, if you get online and you see your friends playing in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an instance, uh, you can jump into it, but you know, sometimes they're all full up. Well, what oh, we're shiver. saying is we're, we're building it in such a way that we'll, we'll always reserve slots for friends so they can come in. And then on top of that, um, what we're going to do is, and I'll show you, we'll, when, when I'll get into it, I'll show you some of the technology, but we've spent a lot of time building uh, a technology so it's sort of scalable on a spaceship size. So we can you're right, Miss Hearts. Spaceships like a fighter craft that you're flying, but we can also handle much bigger spaceships. So in that trailer you're seeing that you're flying off a big carrier. Well, that's a that's simulated and modeled as a vehicle just like uh, the fighters are, and we can be anywhere in between that. So in this in this sort of open world universe, you'll be able to sort of buy or fly around a bigger ship. So think uh, a Millennium Falcon style ship where you can have you know you'll have the cockpit and you'll have some turrets and some corridors inside it and you could be flying it and you can have a few of your friends hanging out on your ship as you're flying through the that galaxy. Coming so through. You can say hey go, we're gonna fly on a difficult mission will you man the turrets for me? Uh, and uh, you know a few of the bigger ones will even have a small hangar bay that will have a fighter in so if you come under attack someone could jump in the fighter someone I think a lot of people are looking at the Millennium so Falcon always something I've wanted to do um, uh, the equivalent in the game, game and, in the Star Runner at least people so I've talked to that are really excited so those are all features that are pretty cool different it shifted to that because originally, if you remember, it was the uh, Connie. So I'm going to jump into the people game started looking at the asymmetrical design on the other one, like you said. So I, I try not to even compare stuff to Star Wars. I just because I, I look at it as just in influences, but those ships are so different to me. Then it's like for Firefly, any any ship can be the same. Yeah. Freelancer, the character, anything, almost anything you want. Someone will think it remind remind them of Firefly. Yep. That's pretty much the come turf. You see that in the um, Squadron 42 demo. Yeah. So this is Chris actually walking through what was the pre-recorded thing, but he's using the engine. And it took, he said it took them a year <laughs> to get through that. Really? There. I would love but to I'm say to, um, how much my stomach just dropped when he fell through that. <laughs> <laughs> like everything so in my stomach just went whoosh, so like I was on a roller coaster. Well, if you're so playing Buzzword Bingo, that would that the merge for you. So yeah, so my 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 pilot character here. So he's built out of about a hundred thousand faces. So, so a typical current gen console game will have about 10,000 faces for a main character. Montoya said he meant to go to the bridge, but he fell down the stairs. You know, a current gen style game. And then also if I'm looking around in the, uh, if I'm looking around here in the, the, uh, 
the hangar bay, um, you, you know, the, the yeah, that's true, Ops Chief. Prototype was still working, but um, you're look, looking oh, around Griff. here in the level um, of detail. Can you change the, the title to uh, uh, Oh, shoot, have, thank you, man. Uh, just under about two million polys, and uh, you know, each one of the, these uh, ships themselves, if we go take a look at them, I'll get into one to fly, they're about 300,000. So the ships classification about 10x what you have in a current gen Thanks, buddy. Uh, console game, and you know, it just allows you to have music a lot more detail. Sort of the I'm getting there. And all holds up really okay. close. Um, but I'm sort of, I'm going to go and get into my. And yeah, it's going to be, got to have a cockpit, it's got to be real, it's got to be detailed. Um, so, you know, this is kind of what I'm talking about. It's got to be detailed. I mean, I think I if we only was, knew. Uh, uh, if right. right. He had no idea <laughs> even then, like, what he was really going to come up with. <laughs> yeah, look at all the yeah, detail in those four monitors up top. Just a green screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's Those cool. animations are cool. Try not to kill ourselves. I mean, if it took them a year to get this working. <laughs> Again, so like, there is absolutely so I no way I would have made it uh, out of there. I was planned into everything possible. <laughs> Left, right. Listen, listen to me, okay? No, it would not have happened. Can we even have repair facilities on the on the bay at this point? Like, you just bring the ship around and just bring it back in. Just go back. It's not going. It's coming back. But the idea, I mean, like, the idea would be in the multiplayer side, you literally could be sitting what in that you and to turn his head and just do not? Fighter and fly around and Same way if you do it now. And, uh, I would assume. It's all done at that level, so if you yeah. sort of notice, you know, there wasn't any loading screen, it all holds up, I'm there in first person. But I don't believe they had track IR. At that in, level of fidelity, and that. then I get into my uh, cockpit, and, you know, I've got, you know, uh, let's find some... Then again, he's in developer mode, you know, so... Space, so... Uh, but um, so yeah, like I'm in my cockpit. So if you think, oh, the joystick is moving around, reminiscent to uh, oh yeah, <coughs> wing commander, wing commander, yeah. Even the feet and the pedals are moving. How about that? And his luminescent spacesuit. I was, I was just gonna say with his turquoise list. You'll actually do. You see a character flips the switch. You want to turn on it. You want to turn the weapons display on. You'll have to switch. Your character will actually have to switch and it will come out. So it's all about making you feel immersive. It's sort of like the next st step of what a long time ago I did in Wing Commander where I put you in the cockpit and instead of saying you were 52% damaged, it was like you would see the cockpit smoking and you would feel that. But of course, you know, that was much more primitive. It was VGA 320 by 200. This is 1080p with, you know, millions of colors. Um, but it's just, it's, you know, part of it's the level of detail and immersion. If I sort of come out on the ship itself, it's the same. It, it's like just just like li little things, so you know, like silly things. But you know, if I'm like moving my laser gatlings around, the the wires are all deforming. And uh, if I'm flying, you'll sort of see my uh, vector thrust on the back. That all it's all sort of moving. Um, and if I go uh, here, um, shows a few things. Uh, but the idea is, you know, this like all the f all the craft that you you um, you fly. 
uh, a model to this sort of level of fidelity. So, you know, this particular fighter has about 300 parts. Hey, welcome, Bladestone. 60 plus of them are all sort of moving. Um, I hope you said fidelity, Frank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to tell Gigi about that. <laughs> oh, they've made a whole bingo or drinking game or whatever you want kind of game out of like like certain buzzwords that um get said during presentations. So there are some presentations where you get um like liver alcohol poisoning and some and they're actually all very much like a real missile would be. So there's an explosive force and they go out and then it sort of hits the acceleration. But it's all sort of the the aspect of. Sort of, you know, the realism. I mean, the same thing. You know, I sort of. But this is the start of it, okay? And, you know, it's like a level of detail <laughs> that, you know, typically um, you haven't sort of seen before um, in, uh, you know, at least a, definitely in console games. What you can do on a high-end PC. But um, let's see, I'm going to get closer. Fly a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just. If you want to come in right up really close, it's going to hold up all the way in really close. And then if you want to come out. Why? I mean, it's the same thing, and the same on the, the carrier. The carrier itself was, uh, you know, I think uh, the carrier itself is about seven million polys, where this is about three hundred thousand. Uh, so it's just all, you know, that's all what you can do when you're sort oh, of. Oh yeah, you said seven million polys. I want to compare uh, that to, you're, to you're what not, it is you're not now. About actually, inside I don't know the actual well. numbers for now. Megabytes and working on seven-year-old technology. Yeah. Um, so one of the uh, one of the things that I'm kind of like most excited by uh, is the. Uh, the way we're doing the flight model and the, the sort of physics simulation here. So um, so just to show you, so like here's, here's my ship and it's modeled, uh, it's complete proper full rigid body physical simulation and actually it rotates and orient, uh, you know, it moves and maneuvers around, uh, changes orientation, all like a real spaceship would do. So uh, I know it looks like it's got wings, but basically what's happening is force, like so here I'm yawing, you can see the thrusters, the vector thrusters are all sort of articulating and and actually <coughs> generating forces in that direction. So if I'm going to pitch, you'll see them pitching and rolling and doing all that stuff. Uh, same if I'm like rolling, you'll see the, the thrust. And so as I'm flying around, what's happening is uh, the <laughs> ship sort of fly by wire. You never got those let those bands go on like you. <laughs> obviously trying to figure all that out in space. I just, I was you know, because you to actually go, okay, I've got to put a force on this part of the right. rigid body and I have to put a force over here on this part of the rigid body. It's, I mean, that's just too much for any player to do. And it'd be too much for a human being to do. It's why an F-35 has a fly by wire system because there's no way a real human pilot could actually fly it because it's dynamically unstable. So those the computer's like changing, moving all the control surfaces all the time. And it's basically taking Shoot. the input of the, of the pilot saying, okay, well, he wants to pitch, he wants to roll, he wants to go here. And so that the philosophy of that is very much in, in, in this. And so what happens is your ship's computer, when you say, I say, I want to pitch, I, I tell, okay, I want to pitch. And, and, the, and the sort of flight computer goes, okay, uh, that means I need to put a force here and put a force here. And it actually talks to all the uh, thrusters on the ship. Right? So this particular one has uh, eight, eight maneuvering jets, four on the top, right? And there's uh, four on the bottom down here. And uh, it, so it basically pulls them. It says, okay, I need a force over here, I need a force here, and which one of you can get there, and how quickly will it take you, and how much force can you give me? <coughs> and then all the thrusters. Sort I of think give he talks about how many polys or moving parts the ship has yeah. later on. It's okay, pretty interesting. Seven million. And what's really cool about that is that the old school of making a freelance style game, you basically said, okay, this ship 
would roll at 30 degrees a second, or this would pitch. Some might say this ship looks like crap right now. This system, you, there's no well, comparatively, this is yeah. years ago. Like what your roller pitch is, it's all based on, on what, six, seven, eight, is, what thrusters are. Um, you know, kind of how quickly they can articulate, how much thrust um, they can deliver. I don't think those look like crap. I'm newer, so I haven't seen a lot. I don't think they look like crap, but they just don't hold a candle to the more modern ones. Or you get hit on your back back bottom thruster or something, it will have a completely different effect it's on like the right envelope. So they'll, you know, it, it, and it, it's a level of fidelity that, that, that hasn't been done before. And the other Just thing that's really cool about so that much is better now. that it really plays I walked well through Lorville the, the other day uh, and I the saw the reflection of a neon sign in a puddle. Is that cool? Okay, like that's insane. And it also means that there's no particular strong, you know, and then in some passages you can walk by a mirror and not even see you see your own reflection. Lots of armor, shields, and heavy weapons. Yeah. Cost you a bunch of money to build that, but someone who's a good pilot may have built a much lighter build that's really maneuverable. Wait and yeah, see what it's gonna look like when they guy, then he'll probably get the plants moving. Would be for the immersion. They're gonna put bones in the spine of all the plants so that you can move through them. Yeah. I'm waiting for that to be a part. That's gonna be amazing. Yeah. That probably will be in the next patch. You'll be slightly lighter. I'm not saying, oh, we're not thinking next patch. I'm not sure about 3.9, but definitely Right, I'm like, not 3.9. Right. Sort of your power, uh, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of that stacker development uh, start to pay off now because they're getting these print reports where the next crew is working on the features for the next patch. So you're able to bring some stuff in. I think it's starting to smooth out a little bit. It's a lot. It's a lot more sort of flexible. Uh, and also has a lot more combinations. So in terms of an open, persistent universe, or even in terms of playing the more Wing Commander-style game, I think you're gonna, it's just it's going to open up a whole range of uh, strategies and combat uh, in the uh, in, in in space, right? So I, I, I think that's great, and that's something that you know obviously you can do with today's uh, tech that I couldn't you couldn't have done you know when I was making the last games I was making just because it's it's pretty processor intensive, but you know now you've got the horsepower to do it. Um, so let's see. I think just for fun, uh, there's my carrier gun. Um, I'm going to uh, bring a few enemy ships in. But this part's the sort of very final bit, so the full uh, uh, combat stuff's not all, uh, all the HUD and everything isn't fully in, but I thought it'd be fun to sort of see all the ships attacking the carrier, much like you saw in the, in the, um, in the, cine in the sort of cinematic sequence which was obviously a lot of this but stage was nice taking the the, the best shots for it okay. Okay. the audio hasn't changed that much <laughs> So it's just it's the same That's like pretty. level of detail <laughs> on the uh, That's you know, the big carriers that you have the same thing. I mean, yeah, the carrier actually has got you know I think this particular carrier has 115 turrets on it, and of course they're all uh, they all move, they all articulate. I think there's four different types. There's the AA gun. There's a um, sort of a bigger sort of heavy duty ship to ship one, and then there's a, a, the equivalent of a, a, a Flanax um, sort of point defense system, and there's a there's a 
But again, like I'm saying, I mean, this is, you, you saw this cinematic sequence, this is pretty... Griff, can you raise the volume on the screen, please? Uh, have okay. someone time trouble here. Yeah. Unfortunately, my, this is the bit where the, the hut, oh, that's uh, Daisy. My hut, yeah, I'm going to get oh, killed. Be careful, Chris, jeez. My, uh, the, uh, the full hut targeting stuff is oh, actually integrated rock. in yet, like so, uh, <laughs> uh, it's me You mean those rocks with no collision? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he wanted to collide with anything. Faster than me. That's not fair. Looking at the speed of even those laser bolts now compared to now. Sounds are pretty weak on the top gun. Uh, Alright, well, I was <laughs> hoping to blow yeah. one up for you, but. Uh, top gun, really? No, I think they've all kind of away. <laughs> um, we've got about 15 minutes left, and so. I'm not gonna lie, it really is going pew pew pew. Was, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> actually going pew pew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would be surprised and if just before in, I was going to do that, I, uh, I was going to talk like to you about in, in why I'm sort of showing what I'm showing now at this stage, um, because I'm actually showing you a you build maybe a year before you typically would do so, so you know, in the old-fashioned uh, uh, sort of now you have typical a whole sound engineering uh, team. Model, like they, wasn't that uh, another year working on this, and then you would go to uh, ISCs ago. You do a reveal. Twelve guys working on how the rock sounded. Mm -hmm. FPS um, flight, like but part of uh, you know part of what I'm trying to do here is one uh, I'm coming back to make a game. I really uh, I'm very focused on making it about uh, PC. Uh, you know I feel like the games that I made in the past were obviously uh, you know you know at the heart they were always PC games. Uh, I felt like you know one of the things that Wing Commander and the other games I made was all about sort of pushing uh, what you could do on the PC and sort of showing. Uh, sort of the aspiration and the dream of it all, and I sort of f felt like over the last year, few years, especially as a player, I you know I kind of feel like as a PC gamer, I'm kind of you know underserved. I I, I can either play ports of a console we, game. We, so, I mean, I have a console. Yourself, if a game was built for console, I buy the console version. Um, I don't buy hi, the PC port of it I'm because Gigi. I'm getting a port of something um, that was you know, built for you know, seven-year-old tech. Uh, so I don't feel like people are really pushing the PC uh, like they could. I think there's a lot of coming back to attack me. Uh, a lot of uh, PC gamers that sort of feel like they would like to get. Uh, that's my. Uh, uh, I guess, anyway, that they would like to get something that really kind of shows off or pushes the hardware. And, um, and, and, oh, there you are, I died. Um, and got killed by the, uh, <coughs> the nasty enemies. Um, but, uh, so, so, uh, you know, I put this, I put this together uh, in a way that uh, I can make it uh, sort of outside the traditional publisher system because, uh, you know, most of, uh, you know, the big publishers aren't very interested in, um, building a PC-specific game, and they're also not particularly that interested in building something that's a sort of no, space... they're not interested in waiting game. 10 years. <laughs> uh, you know, 
big for the last 10 Eight years. Eight years, so. maybe. Uh, not, yeah, not, not, not that I'm complaining. I'm just saying. They want to churn stuff out like yesterday. They, they ain't trying to wait on nothing. They got people to, to, to please boards uh, So that's kind of what investors. my goal is to sort of come back and say, hey, I'm going to do a PC game like the old Winkman as I did, which was if you've got a great uh, PC, this is really going to show it off, and you're not going to be able to get this experience. It is amazing else. to and think the development on back then with Wing Commander was uh, a year and a half, uh, you know. You know game and, and 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 everything else so so as part of that um i'm i've yeah. you know i've i've put you might get your wish uh, bond group of private investors but as part of my deal with that yeah. is i validate that people want this kind of game don't mind it, i mean think about it though like when you when you sort of you uh, move you know, from free to play like or a social game um, but you just saw the demo to an element of firing uh, up the Crowdfunding the game in now. addition to I mean, that's the what, financing, years time? obviously this is yeah. a much bigger so budget than you Put another two on it, I mean, where could it really be put another game. But the, well, five the on it? But the concept is that we're going to have uh, yeah. a, a sort of limited like number on which going to be, you know, people that really like this. Hold on a second, Gigi. Hold on, Gigi. Be part of the process much earlier than you would normally be. So you would, you know, you in essence come in and sort of pre-value your spaceship and then you're part of you, you, you're getting a lot more inf you're basically involved in the development process in terms of seeing what's actually going on and really being uh, uh, you know informed which I think if you've looked at the Roberts uh, space industry site it, it's you know we definitely do that and we're going to be doing more of that going forward uh, but you're also going to be playing uh, the game and builds much sooner than you would do if you were you're not doing this so uh, you know the the full timeline to get the full big um, persistent universe and everything else about two years but about one year into it we're going to have sort of the multiplayer build the, the alpha multiplayer build that you'll get to play and then two years about another 18 months in there'll be sort of the alpha beta of the persistent uh, universe that you'll get to play if you're part of this early community that's sort of signing up early and, and, and saying, hey, you know what? I believe in space games. I believe in PC games and I'd like to be part of this. And uh, <laughs> and so I'm kind of... Okay, Gigi, go ahead. We were just trying to hear that part when he announces how long it would take. The old yeah, days, this years. would be my green light <laughs> meeting with, uh, you know, at EA or Microsoft or somewhere. Yeah, those words would come back so later and haunt him. Yeah, the community, the community, yeah, the community <laughs> reminded him in 2014. They reminded him, and they reminded him again in 2016. Yeah, looks cool. We think we can sell X million copies, and December 2015, And all the publisher really is doing is basically saying, I think there's people that would like this and want to pay for it. So that's kind of what. Um, yeah, yeah Luciana, you're right. If only. Well, you guys, because I mean, at the end of the day, well, I would to say that we're playing it and want to play it. Talking about I'm, I'm hoping the lot of you have console game, uh, and it's still true uh, today. You want to be in this universe because I do, you know, and I, I don't want to play this game. A mid-level, so, um, maybe so like a thousand-dollar PC game. If, you, really if, you, uh, if this is something you're excited by, then you know, please come to robertspaceindustries.com and participate and support us. So that's my pitch. I'm not very good at the pitch side of things. Um, uh, but we have about 10 minutes left, and I thought that it would be good to uh, uh, do and earlier on, they were hoping, a lot of people were uh, hoping that people would change their mind and put, uh, put and be happy to answer to so control. Turn over to the yeah, I think it comes up as one of the questions here he takes, I think. <laughs> Talk like someone in publishing. <laughs> so... Um, the maneuvering thrusters, can they be intentionally disabled to do like some of the star, Starbucks style maneuvers and like Battlestar? Yeah, so, so um, I mean, you know, uh, all, the co all the different pieces are separate components on uh, the ship. And so they can all be, uh, you, know, you know, 
they, they all simulate and they're all damaged and all the rest of stuff, but you can also, uh, we're going to, it's kind of what I was saying, there's a baseline of you, it'll fly for you, but you'll be able to, um, you'll be able to sort of switch off some parts. So for instance, you could like disable them so you could sort of go on a sort of slide and then you could turn them back in and then your ship would take over. So it, you know, the idea is there will be lots of moves and strategies in terms of how you dogfight. Because I kind of wanted, it's, it's actually one of the big challenges of a space game is how you, in a multiplayer fashion, add enough like detail and nuance to actually make it sort of challenging in terms of different strategies to it. And the flight model is still uh, under so construction. That's kind of what I'm excited <laughs> about that, and you're definitely going to yeah. be able to do that. I mean, oh, it's gosh. good, but it's still, you know, it's not there completely. Um, Y'all remember when Just hover mode first here. came out? It's <laughs> Don't say that word. Like make sure I've got this hover right. Mode. Hover mode was like the you're bane taking of my a hybrid existence. approach for the end game between <laughs> online where you've got economy driving things. I blew up and then so many ships in hover traditional mode. <laughs> MMORPG like say World of Warcraft or um, uh, Guild Wars where you get to a certain point and then you kind of have access to more story points. Is that accurate? Yeah, no, I'd say so. I mean, I think I think there's a there's a combination where I you know there's an attempt to try and do stuff on a procedural manner that uh, you know I, I couldn't do to the level. So I, I think you can sort of simulate systems, and if you simulate them really well, they're kind of cool. In the old days, it was pretty primitive in how you'd simulate them, so they, they it wasn't that interesting. Now you can you can do some stuff. I even think on the MPC and AI side that could actually uh, be pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a hybrid. So, th so the idea is that the you 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 have the big universe that's uh, you know has a lot of uh, sort of procedural s elements to it, and then you're sort of spicing it up here and there with sort of narrative bits that you're dropping in. And, and it's sort of I, I think it's a good combination for me. It's the sort of game I want because it sort of allows you to have the big open world, but then also sort of feels like it's got a bit of a personal touch, which is you know for me that's that's always important. I, I sort of feel like you have to be connected to the world. Um, to really sort of get lost in it. Okay, so then to expand on that, I have a coworker who I respect his opinions about MMORPGs very much, and he played uh, Bioware's Star Wars game, and he opined that its major downfall was that once you got to the end game, there really was no content, and they blew through the content, getting to that end game much quicker than Bioware anticipated. So you feel like this dynamic micro update system will kind of alleviate that? Oh, it's, yeah, totally. I mean, the, only the, the millennials the, do that. The, Oop, did the, I say uh, that? The old Oops, sorry, sorry. Is that, I mean, essentially, it's a it's an incredibly well executed single player game that millions of people can play, uh, and you know that in terms of updating content is great content, but I mean, it requires out. a huge amount of work. So I think you're much better served in being smart about how you. Uh, set your ga you know, like in the case of this, how you set I your galaxy like up, okay how you put different factions together, to and you sort of put uh, systems in place. That, you know, but I mean, then I'll give you, you need an example, to go back but, uh, and actually so for play instance, the game. Uh, I feel like a lot you know, of people we, beat the game, but know, then they don't play it. It's not just about having an economy. So we're sort of simulating. The idea is to simulate the galaxy like a like a real world would be. If you're trading close to Earth. And the planets near there, the you know, like right near have a lot of, of time center of the empire, and there's a lot of uh, law and order and, and, and sort of military presence. Not even so hard. there isn't really an opportunity for other well, players we to can't all rip, be fast you know, basically you know, do <laughs> PvP or uh, you know take out uh, new players. But it if you're trading those great saves when you land, land say on Earth, um, you'll be paying landing tariffs. You'll be paying tariffs on the on the goods you sell. Someone has to pay for the infrastructure. Someone has to pay for the the law and order that's happening there. Now, of course, if you don't want to 
do I'll that. Do There's other areas <laughs> of the galaxy that don't have the same level of law and order that don't have any of that. But of course, obviously, they're a lot more risky because those are the areas that, you know, pirates aren't really, you know, there's no one keeping the pirates in check and everything else. So it's much like, you know, the idea is to sort of simulate this universe like a real world. So there's trades and, you know, there's, uh, there's, you know, pluses and minuses to everything. And I think then when you start to do that and you put those tools in a world, then, uh, and you enable the player base to almost sort of help uh, keep it alive and, and create content, I think that you so can avoid um, the problems that you have with sort of the old Republic. And, and to be honest with you, I mean, it's, you know, this is a privateer wing commander style, so it's not about getting to level 80 or anything. I mean, there is no idea of level 80 in this style of game. There is basically, you know, you earn money, you upgrade right. your ship, which is sort of equivalent of your, your character, and then you can later on buy, uh, you know, say you, you can get an asteroid. Oh my God. Old gamer. Give me a, give it a rest. You gotta be but kidding. It's not about, <laughs> you know, okay, I, I need to rush to get myself to a, you know, Oh, that's too funny. Then what my Old is, gamer is. It's a different he, he, philosophy, and I think I Oh he's my a god. He's a, he's a funny guy. Other he's, creating, a, he's a jokester. Uh, divisions and rifts between oh, the players and factions. Oh, people who are watching this on YouTube, old game sort of attacks. Eve Online is so much better than it. Yeah, the thing that Eve Online does, that's kind of how they keep that universe going. I have a technical question about the, the network traffic that a game like this might generate. Uh, in a game like World of Warcraft, you don't, have to, you don't have to share that much data between client and server. It's basically like, where's your character and what is he doing right now? But here, you mentioned that that capital ship has like 100 turrets. And something like that would have to be disseminated to every client. Have you run into any But Chody, thank you for following. Really Appreciate that. Like that. Uh, well, no, actually, I mean, it's funny you mention that because I, I would actually argue with you that the setup of this style of game is much easier to do than a World of Warcraft because in a World of Warcraft, uh, you know, you have whatever Eight it is, a thousand, later, two thousand people in your shard, and you've got to worry about all those people being in the same area. So, yes, the fidelity of simulating any individual person uh, isn't, isn't necessarily as high as something as this, but you've got a lot of them. Uh, so this is the way you should the way you should think about this on a multiplayer technical side. It's a lot closer to say Battlefield 3 uh, or World of Tanks. And the actual you know intent you know, the stuff the combat that you saw here in the multiplayer system, you know you won't be you can't be in a in a, in a, in a you know what we call a battle instance with a thousand players. So it's going to be you know like a, a freelancer or a battlefield where it's somewhere between say 60 and 100 and something players. But of course, you know space is big, right? So in the actual galactic sort of server level, all the player bases in it, you're not on different worlds or shards. It's just that if you're, if you're flying out in space between planet A and planet B, and you, you know, the, the galactic server basically goes, okay, well, you're flying from planet A to planet B, and this other person is flying from this planet to this planet, they've intersected, and you know, they're gonna be in conflict. So it, it creates a, an instance in space, and of course, space is huge, it's infinite. So there's no way in this system that you say, oh, I'm gonna go to exactly this coordinate. So basically, it creates these, these battle instances, and they exist for as long as the, you know, the conflict exists, and then it's gone. So, so it's just sort of think of the persistent galaxy being more like, uh, a really smart matchmaking system built on top of what would happen in World of Tanks and, and Battlefield, that's sort of keeping track of your overall status, what your location is, what the money you have, and all the rest of the stuff. But the sort of high fidelity, like data traffic uh, for the combat stuff, is sort of in those sort of temporary battle instances that's much more like a sort of, like I said, During World of Tanks. Battlefield. Uh, how do you uh, think it's going to be like near Earth where it's going to be a very busy system, I would think, as far as handling these high poly art assets, or at least what's very high poly compared to what we see now? 
Um, when you are playing multiplayer and there's, say, 60 or so characters all interacting in that particular <laughs> area where it's not creating that instance, that's pretty, that's persistent in your persistent world. Uh, okay, well, so, I mean, the, here's the other, see, the, the, the yeah, I'm that guy went deep, persistent on, in your persistent world. Side. But um, uh, there's a big advantage to making this kind of game over I like a typical, say, uh, first person or third person game, is that you don't really have to, sim you know, the environment's pretty cheap, right? It's space. So you spend, uh, you know, your processing power, your GPU power on the spaceship or the character. And then the size of the spaceships means that it won't, by the time you're getting close enough to the 300,000 polys of the fighter you're in or the, the craft that you're in, um, it's pretty much filling the screen. So you're not going to be able to have 60 other ones all at that le level of resolution all on the screen at once. So what would happen is, yeah, you can have 60 people in there, but if you were close enough on one to have that level of resolution, the other ones are all being rendered at a much, much, much lower level of resolution. And that's sort of the advantage of these big objects, right? So it's different than if we were saying it was a first-person shooter game and we were having, you know, uh, you know 100 or 200 uh, characters running around shooting each other all at 100,000 polys, yeah, there would be a problem because you literally could get a lot of these characters all on the screen at once at that resolution, and uh, it, would, it would be you know, harder to push that data around. But because you're flying spaceships and spaceships have sort of size and volume, um, it's, you, know, you can't really fit that many of them on screen at once, so you sort of alleviate the, uh, the, the technical issue of you know, having too many polys at uh, one when everyone comes together in the same spot because there's just you know, so many ships you can fit in a certain volume. That's kind of the way it works. Uh, oh. So you are one of the very few high-profile figures in the video games industry that has started in the video game industry, went to the movie industry as a producer, and now coming back. Uh, what would you say is the key thing that you and RSI are bringing to this project that other developers and publishers would say, you know, we have the movie industry experience, and you know, we're bringing the cinematic experience to you in this game. What would you say, you know, that you're bringing sets you apart from those claims? Uh, well, I, I think, I mean, I sort of um, hit on it a little earlier. I mean, I think the thing that I learned the most when I was, you know, sp spent about 10 years making movies is that there's a there's an attention to detail, uh, and it's and it, by the way, it's not on things that you would that you would think are obvious at all. So you know, if you like, you're not really, you know, you're not making movies, you're not so sort of into it. You sort of you sort of view the sort of high-level stuff, the obvious stuff, but there's a huge amount of work that goes in on, you know, a, a whole bunch of really talented and creative people to put the tiny little nuances and details in, and it is actually those details. Like the toilet, the shower head. feel more realized, <laughs> and so then the actor's performance or whatever can live inside it, and I think that... Uh, Which I love, by the way. Uh, I do love side, it. I feel that... Uh, I need it on the origin Dude, I'm telling you, I love it. I zoom in and look at all that stuff. Stepping up another level. <laughs> I always go on the bathroom. They're so nice. So <laughs> all I want to do is I want to play this game, and, and I don't even want to feel like I'm playing a game. I just want to feel like I'm lost in this world. Uh, and so, uh, for me, uh, it's probably the you know the, the, the <laughs> detail. And then from a sort of more boring production process <laughs> basis, there are there are some you know there are, there are aspects Chod of the film Chody was ready that are for the, for silly, Chody, and there Chody are some aspects of the film that are And they're very very good at marshalling a large amount of people in a short period of time to achieve one unified creative All vision. the extreme couponers uh, are sitting back and laughing at all the rest of us. On a movie set, and you see you know two or three hundred people <laughs> all operating in unison to deliver a combined vision, and they sort of do it in a very or even if you think about visual effects in a movie, I mean most of those big visual hey, effects. Hey, uh, old gamer in these days, you need a bidet, man. And they deliver them. You know, they finish shooting. Six months or eight months to the shops, and uh, you know that's 
that's a huge challenge. I mean, in the game business, you know, you do a lot, you do similar work, but you know, you'll take two or three years to uh, do the same level of volume, and a lot of times it's not to the same level of detail. So I think on that side, there's there's some there's some good sort of techniques to sort of uh, you know adapt and use. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> fully think that the, the game business uh, is the I'm not gonna repeat is that going to be <laughs> the sort of entertainment medium of the 21st century. We're just at the oh, beginning of our industry, so you know if you look at a film that was made in the 20s, it's very primitive compared to films that are made today. Uh, you know, because they sort of evolved from theater, so they're very static and the performance is very big. And then, you know, as you got closer to the 70s, it became more naturalistic. And I think that the game business is just like that. I mean, I think we're still figuring out how uh, to engage and how to immerse a player in a world or a universe. Um, and that's kind of part of the fun of it is to, you know, figure out the syntax and language is cool. I think I've got the time is up. Please wrap up on the front here. Oh, <laughs> apparently uh, these, our site is uh, having millions of Your hits and is overloaded. So everyone out there, please be patient. Um, is the infamous uh, server crash. It's, it's, it, hopefully, I think it's worth it. Website. Um, but, um, it's great that there's so many people interested in it, but uh, we'll try and get You have to wonder whether or not that was a marketing and, uh, move, you know? Yes, we can. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, but it would have been smart if it was. Fine, yeah, okay. Because people would have been like, oh, shoot, let me get on. <laughs> this was the first recorded instance of 30Ks in the verse. <laughs> That's funny. I see you, Scar. I see you, buddy. <coughs> that was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, let's go to Gigi first, because she's the new person to Star Citizen. Uh, after kind of finally getting to watch all this with Chris, give it what are your thoughts from what you saw? What did you take away from it in comparison to what you see now, I guess? If you're talking, but I don't hear you. Oh, I'm not. I'm sorry. How about now? Hopefully you guys hear yes. me now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was saying, let's throw it to Gigi since she's the newest player. Uh, maybe Gigi, tell me, give us your feedback after watching this from 2012 and then now what you've seen in the game. What is there anything that stood out to you? Um, well, a lot. One, clearly the graphics, like, oh my gosh. I'll get a lot of the sound effects were different. The the star placement and the way things look is a lot different. Um, the ships look so rudimentary. Not that they look bad, but just nothing compared to what they look now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested in seeing what happens in the next two to three years because from where you know came with that to now has been such a drastic change and he has so much more at his fingertips now he's got so much more money <laughs> and help yeah, and just yeah. you know like resources to do more quicker and then like tam said earlier with the staggered um you know Relevant. production is just probably going to be even more helpful because then they're going to be able to like roll this stuff out sooner rather than later hopefully <laughs> okay okay that's mm -hmm. definitely spoken from a fairly new player because all us old coots would never say we want to wait three or four more years so you have the luxury <laughs> of making that statement <laughs> Tenth, let me let me jump to you Tenth. uh what stood out to you yeah i, I think what stood out to me was um it was cool, I was saying this in pre-show, uh, it was cool to see 
the progression of the game because um, I hadn't um, before this week watched this 2012 announcement video of Star Citizen. I only got introduced to it um, two years later um, just through, I think someone was telling me about it. I never kind of went back, just started where I started and kept moving on. And so, um, so it was good to see the, like it's like in its more primitive state to where it, where it is now and to still hear that there's more stuff they want to put in. I think during the presentation, we were talking about feature creep and um, what kinds of stuff, you know, we're always talking about those guys who we've supported since, you know, near the beginning or even at the beginning. Uh, we've, we've always talked about how um, what, or what the balance is between what we can, like what's critical to deliver right now and what could be introduced in a patch later on, right? Like what are the essentials versus what are the kind of the icing on the cake? And I say it on Channel 27 a lot, um, CIG is on a quest to deliver perfection, right? And it's, um, and it's just, it's gonna, it's going to mean balancing out what is good enough to move on and what is something you need to deliver that's uh, that's part of the foundation for you to put this game in the hands of backers, such as the 2012 group um, <laughs> that's been waiting eight years for it. So um, it's cool to see that some of the stuff um, that Chris was talking about with Persistent Universe and uh, Immersion and um, uh, the 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 idea behind the game still stands so the creep hasn't been um too drastic but i think a lot of the uh the features and what he wants to do with the game and and, and see that that immersion word is huge right because you can call it immersive in 2012 but i mean it's also immersive in 2020 and we have a ton of more things so i think it's just trying to figure out where that where that um balance is but by and large it was it's great to see the progression you know um and I'm, I'm hoping, I, I'm going to, we say it on the show before, but I'm going to say and hope that at CitizenCon 20, uh, this year, CitizenCon 2020, that we get an announcement date, announcement for Squadron 42, um, the opening up for beta. All right. So that's your prediction. I, I don't know. Or even, you know, alpha or whatever you want to call it. Like you're going to put a, a date you, attached to it. You're going to put a ship down. You're going to put a ship down. You're going to put a ship down for that prophecy. Yeah. I'm looking for announcements or like, cause you know that if we get some that alpha beta, uh, area that the, 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 the end is nigh, you know, cause once squadron 42 is developed and put out person, the person universe is going to fall behind like it's going to just fall right into place a lot of the ships and assets that are being developed for that game just thrown into the verse you know so i don't think we have that much longer but i would love to see that at citizen con this year okay fair fast card what about you i'm so excited for citizen con that's going to be my first year <laughs> cool nice. yeah, fast card how about you yeah i was trying to stop myself from saying drink every time to take my said american so that's what in my eye that's what that was you said it three times, like, man, you're going to give people alcohol poisoning. I'm sorry, going I'm like, sorry guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, but um, what, in my mindset, when I was watching this before and now, I just wanted to pay attention to what changed or what stayed the same um, during, the, during the presentation of what his ideas were. And um, 
and you know a lot of it has not changed and i'm kind right. of surprised that he, he he obviously didn't know how much money they were going to make so his um <laughs> i mean the, 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 the expansion of, of of his ideas grew as, as he got, got more money but i mean most of the stuff is pretty much still in there so that, I, i'm kind of impressed with that Talk about feature creep. They did introduce the funding goals on the website that went up to 65 million. And, and after that, they stopped because feature creep was becoming more of a concern. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Fast Card. That was probably my big thing was to see how much the, the plan had changed. And I felt that the bulk of what Chris had in the vision was laid out. There were some things that we've seen or haven't heard much about since, like I mentioned earlier, about the being able to play on your own private server. Uh, but I think those things are also not that important to people right now. Uh, so I was impressed with the fact that there was a good yeah. skeleton there, and we've seen the you know the meat get thrown on the bones over the past few years. I always joke around when people complain about the release of Star Citizen or Squadron, and I basically say, if you didn't buy in in 2012, don't say anything to me. And the reason why I say that is because the people in 2012 were sold on Squadron 42. That was the promise. And there was a time frame that said within a couple of years we'll have it. Uh, other people who came in years later, by the time what, what some people call feature creep or the additional things that were added came on board, they didn't realize all the history that had happened with this. People don't realize Chris started, what was the initial amount he wanted? Was it two, three, six million dollars? What was the original think, amount they wanted to raise? I think I think he wanted $6 million, but he, was, he would have been happy with $2 million. Right, right. I mean, that was where the original numbers, and he was still talking about Squadron 42. Uh, so to be where we are now, approaching $300 million in the sense of funders, you know, backers who are giving him money, of course there's more money than that, uh, five studios or six studios around the world, all this stuff, there's a lot that has changed within that time frame. Uh, and if we go back and look at other AAA games and look at what their development times were, and I'm talking about start to finish, starting with a new engine, everything. These games go anywhere from 7 to 10, 11 years. So people mm -hmm. think that for some reason, and I think sometimes it's because so many games are being churned out every two years, three years, some of the more popular mm -hmm. games, because they're like using COD. Yeah, COD, they're using the same engine, just kind of revamping and doing things. And people thought that that's the way games come out. They didn't realize that there takes a lot of time and development uh, for these games to come. So I was truly impressed by that. Um, tenth, my prophecy to you is we're going to hear about beta before CitizenCon. And, Ooh. and, Ooh. and, <laughs> let me tell you why. Now, mind you, the global thing may throw this off in a big way. Before the global thing happened, I kept feeling that maybe Gamescom would be some type of teaser to the industry, and that when CitizenCon came, that's when we would hear about a first quarter, second quarter release in 2021. That's kind of what I was thinking. But now with this global thing, we don't even know if Gamescom is going to happen. You know, there's a whole lot of things that could change. You guys know that the conventions for EVE was canceled. Uh, the convention for Elite Dangerous was canceled. A lot of these things are, are being shut down now because of what's happening globally. So, yeah. you know, hopefully, thankfully, since CitizenCon's in October, <laughs> hopefully by yeah. then things have toned down and changed. Sure. I know FastCard is booked. GG is booked. I'm booked. Are you booked yet, 10th, or are you this still thinking? I haven't booked yet. I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm holding off a little bit. Okay. Pelvic, uh, thank you for joining. Following, thank you. All right, 10th, you got to be there, brother. You got to be there. I'm, I'm, no, look, look. I want to be there, man. <laughs>
I'm only in Northern California. Okay. Oh, okay. So this is a drive for you. Cool. Oh, so you're yeah, right there one way or the other. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, just, I just skate down the road. If you don't show up, we're coming to your house. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> I get it. Okay. <laughs> we, might, we might show up because we, 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 some of us haven't booked yet and we want to save money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go, okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't mind two knucklehead kids. Then be all right. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And Ops Chief, that's a good point. SitCon can still be virtual. You know, so it doesn't mean that we won't yeah, find out about right, things, dude. push yeah. come to shove, at the very least, uh, that could happen. But I'm hoping for most people who go to SitCon, as much as we enjoy the presentation, I would have to say at least 50%, if not more, is about meeting community. And we you know, really would look forward to seeing a lot of you guys there uh, if you're able to come out to L.A. this year for SitCon. Um, look, go ahead, go ahead before you continue, I just want to say, if you are coming to SitCon, or I hope you do come to, come to SitCon, make sure you get your real ID license before... Yes. Uh, Explain that fast card real quick. Uh, basically, um, on October 1st, you'll only be able to use your federal or real ID to travel on on, um, on airlines or airplanes. You can still use the state ID for whatever you, you want, but you, ha you need the real ID in order to, 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 board a, to board an airplane. So if you show up to the airport, Without a real ID, they'll just turn you away. So you don't 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 want that that to happen. You have to force citizen card. Real ID is the cheaper way to go. If you've got a passport, you can do that. But no domestic travel now without the real ID or U.S. passport. So you don't want, like Fastcard said, you don't want to get disappointed and get there and they say you can't get on the plane. So thanks, Fastcard, for reminding everybody that. Um, let's throw in one last piece. We're going to be doing a show in a couple of weeks on 3.9, the first Sunday in, in April. Uh, and we all know that right now Evocati has got 3.9 and they're working on it. Uh, let me ask each one of you, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to in 3.9? I know the Prowler's coming out, the prison system, there's a lot of things coming out. Anything you guys want to toss in? You're not looking forward to nothing, Fanscart, really? <laughs> not really. <laughs> no no 30,000 errors? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, my big thing is, I mean, the Mercy Mate, so that's not in 39. Okay, right? okay. That, that's, my, that's my next That's where your heart is, is the brand new Merchantman? And, well, I might play some of the um, theaters of war just to see if I can, if I can handle that, but I, that's not in 39 either, so. Okay. That's good. Gigi, what about you? Anything in particular that stands out you're interested in? I actually am looking forward to the prison system, which I know sounds crazy, but... I like things that make the game feel real, like the immersion that Sigma kept bringing up. <laughs> immersion. Just, it, it means a lot for me um, because specifically for me, when I'm playing games, I get bored real fast. Mm -hmm. So I need you to engage my mind and be constantly forcing me to do more things and look at more things and interact with more things because that's how I stay a part of the game. Otherwise, I'm... I'll end up texting or doing whatever while I'm playing because I've gotten bored. So I'm really looking forward to this idea that you will go to prison and have to work your way out of prison. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got a question. Will there be a women's prison or will it be combined? It'll be combined probably because they're making everybody wear the same suit. Oh, that's going to be interesting. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. You got four, four black people here. We don't want to be stereotypical. Don't, don't be, don't be, you know, going to prison just, just to get your rap rapper. Right <laughs> <laughs> All right, tenth. What about you? Anything in particular in three nine? 
Um, I don't know how we skip this, guys, but the interior of New Babbage, the landing zone. Ooh, okay. That's the piece. That's yeah, the piece yeah, yeah. for me. Uh, I want to see what's going on there, man. Um, I think I was looking at some screenshots that may have been, you know, floating around the community, and uh, it looks looks like it might be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have the, the roadmap in front of me, so I didn't know. I forgot what, what, what was coming. Yeah, like, yeah okay, that's I, a good I, one. I, 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 I'll log in for that. Okay. But I will, I will say, like Scarlett just said, um, if I do go to prison, it has to be a white-collar crime prison. Federal. Ah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to set the chat box off right now. I'm looking forward to food. That's right, food and drink. <laughs> I'm looking forward to food and drink, and you could possibly die if you don't eat after several hours. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I, I like you, Tint. I've seen some of the pictures that have been floating around, and it is interesting to see that people are interacting. Uh, and I know there's been a lot of concern about the whole food thing, but I think CIG, we can trust them enough that whatever they put out, they're going to listen to the community. They're going to tweak it. Um, yeah. But somebody made a point. I want to say it was one of the guys. Who was it? Someone made a statement talking about food and said there's no meaning if you get stranded somewhere on a planet or a moon and there's no risk of you dying from starvation and I thought about that in the sense of the game you know the mm -hmm. urgency of what it means if you don't happen to have certain supplies whether they be medical supplies food whatever if there's this idea that says well I'm just gonna stay alive no matter what you know no matter what the circumstances are it does shift a bit and I know for some people because people are so used to talking about survival games, you know, they, they think about Rust or they think about Seven Days to Die or, or Conan, and they automatically think there's going to be this, you're just foraging every three minutes and stuffing your stomach. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be a factor. I think that there's going to be, and, and I, it kind of freaks me out that, you know, we've been running around both uh, Hurston and R Corp, and you can't run 10 feet in R Corp without running into a hot dog stand or a pizza stand or a burger stand. So I don't know why people thought that those were all just decorations, you know, or something. I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. It was obvious that they've had that in mind, but that those foods are accessible. I think the crucial thing, and you guys can give me feedback on this, is going to be when they introduce personal inventory at the point where you can only carry so much stuff. That's yeah. what's going to be interesting to me. And maybe one of you guys will create a food delivery service. That's another thing in the game. Uber Eats hey, I, 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 you, you'll, you'll, you'll now that's happy. something I would do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to come to my country, and, 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 and I'll be fully You'll be ready, huh? So we can stop there and load up with you, get some I crates. Got a, I got a part of Fast Card in that. It's going to be the privateer, buddy. I considered the, the merchant. Announced here. I, I, I took a different road. But yes, I want to stay stocked. Okay. And the 890 has an industrial-sized kitchen, Griff, so... Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, think about some of these <laughs> ships that actually do have kitchens on them. You know, now, guys, you don't know the joke, but Tint and I are big luxury fans. So whether it's a 600, a Phoenix, a 890, you know, that's that's just normal for us. So, you know, that's how we roll. Uh, but it's nice. true enough, I mean, many of the ships, not to say even freelancers, they all have these food stations. Uh, you can get them in the 300 series where you can get the coffee maker and the food processor. So it, like it or not, guys, it's coming. It, it's coming. But yeah. uh, I truly believe they're not going to make it. And they've said this. They don't want it to be burdensome on the players. They want to keep it fun. So I don't think we have to worry about that. Waiting in those lines at those restaurants will be fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are creating a social dynamic. I mean, not to be fun but I know even now if that was a, a, a mechanic that we had to worry about I'm sure when you're in 
in Quantum or when you're meeting up with friends, you would yeah. stop at a place and grab food there and eat yeah. before going out, especially if it's where it yeah. buffs you. Uh, for those of you who used to play Star Wars Galaxies, you all know before you went out and did anything, man, you might have spent 30 minutes buffing, just getting ready to go fight. And they're just talking about two bites or three bites of something and you keep rolling. You know, so I, 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 this doesn't bother me at all when it comes down yeah. to, to something like consuming food or drink. Uh, but again, I mean, it, go ahead. Go ahead, Tenth. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, you got to think about it in terms of. Um, uh, I'm also thinking about it in terms of like uh, cargo. Like if you land at a an RR or a land, and you're hauling um, cargo and you have it offloaded and you're trying to pick up another load, that's supposed to take time there. So what would you realistically do? Go hang out in the food court, um, you know, and uh, catch up on the news, you know, whatever you want to do, you have that space to do it. So those, that area is there to facilitate all these kinds of transactions that are, that are, uh, taking place. So I, I, I'm interested in that mechanic making its way into the game. Um, but I don't think it's going to be like you're saying, Griff, to the extent that we've seen in other games, you know, I think it's going to fit right how it needs to. Are you going to say I don't know how, how, how it's going to be, be to the extent. I'm hoping that, you know, if it's three days like going with the food, does that count, with, does that count with when you're logged off or, 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 or you have to be logged in the whole time for the, for the time to stop and start? But um, yeah. that, I, I was, I'm, still, I'm a little bit disappointed about the, I mean, I was, I was not expecting that much of a survival. In, in, in the game, so I'm I'm slightly disappointed in that, but I, I I'll, I'll deal with it when it, when it, when it's um, fully implemented. But I was gonna say, for like for quantum travel, having a food processor in in, in, your, in your um ship is probably gonna be key because you may not have time to do whatever yeah. you want to do when you, you before you leave or when you reach your destination. So something like the, the 300 series had the food processor. I'm hoping they introduce that to to more ships. Uh, uh, more ship the time goes by. Very good point. Uh, Gladestone, that's a great idea. And Vaughn, you said that the Carrick has an armory, uh, which is true. Uh, holds eight rifles, if I'm not mistaken. But I uh, hate to tell you this, brother. A 890 holds 32 rifles. Get with luxury, Come my on. friend. Get you with got, luxury, you my let friend. Him know, <laughs> you gotta let me roll my eyes any harder. They're going to fall out of What's my head. Why is everybody so mad at Orchard? <laughs> now, Vaughn says he's got some info here. He said CIG said about four hours between meals, and that's not bad. You know, one time during a gameplay, probably on the average for most people, is not bad at all. Yes, Ops, and I am a snob. Don't get me started. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, yeah, and I don't want to belabor the food point, but someone did say something that I, I want to get you guys' feedback on about food. They talked about when you're the captain of a ship, you know, we always have these cargo spaces, and people think about cargo in the sense of what they're going to go pick up and drop off to trade or do sales with. But when you've got a crew, will you as a captain be responsible for making sure, particularly on a ship like the Carrick, something that's very long range or a reclaimer, would you be responsible to making sure that? That the, that the place is stocked with food, with water. Um, will oh, you yeah. have to take up some of your cargo spacing uh, to make sure, and even if it's for NPCs, I don't think yeah. they'll go to that level with NPCs, but I'm sure for other players, you'd want to make sure you had something just in case somebody didn't have what they needed. What, what do you guys think? Oh, I'm totally with it. I, I think that um, that as you think about the multi-crew aspect, 
that you can even like that that's a that's a very real possibility and um you could even you know as you kind of play this thing out you can even have somebody who's responsible for that kind of sourcing you know or whoever you know on a, on your crew who you know as a captain you kind of are delegating these responsibilities out you know and you know i i don't know if it would be a a, a gameplay element that would require like whole career focus but certainly be something that somebody would have to take care of before you take off from somewhere you know and somebody has to be responsible for it so i would see that you know the food piece being part of the cargo a ship can carry you know um but i could see i i could see some pushback on that as well well lisiana's dropping some knowledge here she says supposedly if you hire NPCs, you must feed them and make sure that they have adequate accommodations. I do know that there is this aspect of them responding to how well they're treated, and I guess even feeding them would fall into that category, whether they're happy or not. So that because another Mr. Economics over there, tenth, that's something that people will have to factor into their budgets when they're going out with a multi-crew. And I've heard a lot of people who say, "Oh, I'm going to load my ship with a bunch of NPCs," and I don't think they realize what that means on a financial level. Uh, to be able to hire not only NPCs but hopefully the best NPCs, which means that yeah, you yeah. got to pay for it. Honestly, especially for our origin lovers and our luxury lovers, y'all <laughs> oh, are yeah. no, but for real, you're gonna want to hire like an, a, a small crew to be in polishing your silver and you know dust mopping <laughs> the wood floors. So for real, you're gonna want like a steward and a cook and all that because you're gonna go down to wherever and be in the galley and eat food and all that good stuff well you're too you know gg 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 let me let me inform you (laughs) we don't deal with npcs we hire the common people to work on our ships so it will be real players it will be real players real players are gonna log in to work on your 890 seriously do you want to make a living in the verse i'm just asking the gall. <laughs> hey, hey. How is the accommodation? Someone, someone will take him up for it. Oh, yeah, you pay him the right way. People got to get paid. People got to eat. Please, Clay Hammer, bring me my drink. Please, Clay Hammer, my drink over here. Yeah, I think somebody will do that. You pay him the right amount of money. I think it'll work. Yeah, that's good stuff. What I was going to say is that uh, for NPC, is like if you... um. For Griffin, she, she, she went to hire the, the best one. She could probably find like a good chef, like Steven Seagal, who's who, <laughs> talented. He, he, he can fight and cook. No, you know, but that's a good point because people have talked about NPCs, and, and I've talked about what are the benefits when you hire them. Uh, some ships, obviously, I'm, I'm going to pick a, a ship off the top of my head, like a retaliator, where you're hiring somebody to just strictly be a gunner. Um, but will NPCs have the ability to? I don't know how this would happen, but whether they would, if there's an engineering problem, can you call that NPC from there and have them respond to something in engineering? Or does it mean that that once they're locked into that as a blade, that's what they do? And that requires humans. Because my thing is, I need people that are flexible. Not to be funny, but Fastcart's point is well made. You want your cook to also be somebody that if somebody's boarding your ship, they know how to run to the armory and get guns, right? I mean, that's what you want because you can't have everybody that's specialized. And I get a feeling that NPCs are going to be a little bit more specialized. I'm not sure if you're going to have that level of flexibility. Vaughn, thanks for thanks for friend, uh, following Vaughn. Go ahead, uh, Fast Car. I was going to say, like, maybe you have different levels of NPCs. Like sometimes the lower levels will have like one specialty, but as you pay more and more money, mm. NPCs with, with multiple specialties. Mm. 
Yeah, that's what Ops are saying. Supposedly they will have their own skills and needs. So, you know, that kind of gets to your point, Fast Cart. Like, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for, but, you know, we, we don't know. Bladestone says that's why he wants his own server. Well, buddy, you got to have a lot of money for that server that's going to host this game. I can tell you that because you'll be playing by yourself. If you're going to host 50 people, you got to have a pretty good server, if, or more for that matter. Yeah, I don't think that the server thing's going to happen anytime soon. I hate to break your heart because the tech on that is a whole nother, a whole nother thing. <clears throat> what are you saying, GG? Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Well, listen, we are going to wrap it up. We really appreciate everybody who came and sat in with us tonight on a Sunday night. Um, thank you to all of the Soul Citizens who are on board, Fastcart, GG, uh, 10th, uh, and all of you who came in. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Alisiana. Alisiana knows why. I'm so happy to see her here. Those of you guys who know Alisiana, she was one of the early, early uh, YouTubers uh, who put out a lot of lore and a lot of information uh, about Star about Star Citizen and Squadron 42. Uh, and we're really happy to see her. And hopefully we will get her <coughs> on the show one day. Um, Zanonica, thank you for following. We really appreciate that. Uh, guys, look for us next week. Uh, Kimmy's going to be on. He's going to be doing a whole lore and theory crafting piece uh, next Sunday at 7 Central Time. Those of you who are into the whole egghead theory crafting where you just want to go on a roll and imagine and, and design and help Chris Roberts build this game. Be here next week with Kimmy to support him. And then we'll be back on the first Sunday of April to talk about 3.9 because we're really projecting that by then it should be, hopefully if it's not to the entire community, uh, we're hoping that it's at least at first wave with subscribers and concierge and we can share some yeah. stuff with you guys. So uh, again, we uh, really appreciate you guys being here. Let's see who we can raid. I don't know who's on right now. Who's uh? Let's see who we got here. Ah, our good friend Captain Richard. Like he really needs some people, but I'm sure all these people here love Captain Richard. So we're gonna say goodbye, and thanks guys for coming. And we're gonna Thank send you guys. you guys to Captain Richard. Take care.